Halberd Show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my good buddy here and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill, and we're going to be talking some Chicago Bulls. We've been a little uh, quiet here, Trey, for the last, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks. Um, you know, just to kind of update everybody, I, uh, as you can hear now, I'm not like echoing to eternity, so I'm no longer in my brother's garage. I actually am, I am in my new house. We closed on a house moved everything in. It's been tiring, but uh, that's been a little bit of my absence, but a little bit more news for me is I've been promoted to the uh, to a lead for the DFS division over at Sports Ethos, so I'm um, trying to get all that together for the podcast there, so a uh, bit a little busy, but uh, Trey, how, how have you been, man? Have you been watching some Chicago Bulls preseason basketball? I've watched a little Bulls, but honestly, I Every year I do my best to try and take these like three weeks before the season starts to watch as many shows as I need to catch up Mm -hmm. on with the wife, hang out with the kid as much as I can. Because I know once the season starts, I'm like a junkie. I will dive in, especially those first two weeks, and I just gorge myself. So like right now I'm just fasting off of NBA content. But I did watch the starters in the first game, and I've watched a lot of the Patrick Williams stuff because I think Patrick Williams – he he's the he's the big question mark for everyone coming into the season. So I, I had to get some eyes on how he played. Yeah, and that's uh, that's some good things to focus on. We're going to cover that. Um, another big reason that I've been kind of absent here is it is you know fantasy basketball season, and uh, I've had more than my share of the fantasy basketball drafts here over the last couple of weeks and trying to fit all you, that. You into. may ha- we may have been absent on yeah. on the podcast, but if you guys are following Keith yeah. on Twitter, like you should be. You yeah. would know how busy he's been, all of the content he's been pushing out. It, it's it been fantastic stuff. So if you're not following him on Twitter, go, plug your Twitter. We're going to do this early. Plug your Twitter and then yes. we'll get going. BSVP Keith, go follow me there. I'm putting all of my picks up there. I'm I'm hiring some guys across the league. You know, I, I hope, uh, Trey, we get a chance to talk a little bit more like league-wide stuff here uh, towards the middle of the season. But uh, you know that I love to talk just hoops in general. So. Um, but yeah, I love some some of these young guys I'm snagging here. But hey, while we're talking about fantasy, Trey, I uh, want to you know take some time here to just talk about a little fantasy hoops. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, Dejounte Murray, Ty- Terry Rozier, and Mikael Bridges before any other rank list? That's right, it was the Brewski 150, and you probably turned those huge wins into some cash, didn't you? Great. Well, the Brewski 150 is now available to all fantasy monthly members, including the extremely affordable fantasy pass, which is $5.99 a month. That's crazy, man. I personally try. I'm putting in almost 600 bucks into to 28 different fantasy leagues uh, this season. And so uh, $6 a month to, to get the kind of a list that's going to help me win those leagues. It's really nothing to me, man. So uh, please go out there and snag it. Uh, upgrade to that fantasy pass. Go get that Ethos 360 pass, which is a little bit more, but it gets you access to the wagering division and the DFS division where me and myself and my uh, team are going to kick butt this season as well. But uh, I know you're not a huge fantasy guy, Trey, but I, I think you did the league last season just to kind of get into it, get your feet wet. How'd, how'd you like it? It's not, it's good whenever you remember to set your lineup. So once <laughs> I got in the habit of every Sunday just setting my lineups, it, it was it was pretty good. The more active your league is, the more fun it's going to be, is, yeah. is what I've really found. Definitely. You're, you're right about that. And uh, so, yeah, go, go find those active leagues and definitely use that B-150. But, Trey, let's talk a little bit of Bulls preseason, man. Obviously, they had five games, I believe. I, I got to see about three of them in my whole chaos of moving and everything. Um, so three out of the five games, I think, is pretty good. The fourth one, I, I did watch a fourth one, but it was kind of on in the background. I didn't really pay any attention. So that, that was the last game, actually where, like, everybody's sad except for Booch and, and Patrick Williams. So um, didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that. And I think, you know, you're wise to kind of avoid it 
mostly because there's a lot of stuff that if you do take it in the heat of the moment, it's easy to overreact to things, which, uh, you know, I'm trying not to. But one of the things I did take away, Trey, uh, from the preseason games was Andre Drummond splashing those three-point jump shots. And I know that's a funny thing to say, and, and that might be like an overreaction on my part. But he looked super comfortable taking him out there. I know that he was saying that that's something that when he came to Chicago, he had said he wanted to focus on in order to just kind of like prolong his career in the NBA. And uh, his stroke actually looked kind of good, Trey. I don't know if he had a chance to see any of that. I did watch him go three for three from behind the arc. And when you watch a lot of these guys in practices, they're they're in the NBA for a reason. They're as talented as they are because they have this ability. And Drummond – he, he's been in the league forever, he, and I feel like he's probably seen what Brooke Lopez has done, extending his range. I doubt this was a – he came into it this summer and started working on it. I'd say this is the result of, of something he's been working on for a while. But I'm very happy with him being willing to pull the trigger because that just means the defense has to think about it for a split second. And if you can make the defense right. think, that's a win because you want the defense – if you're on defense, you want to be reacting. You don't want to be thinking. And – when Andre Drummond goes to pull up from three, everybody thinks about it. Yeah. And I, I'll think, like, I'll, I'll harken back to, like, uh, you know, maybe a Marcus Saul or something like that, where, you know, he's not going to shoot a ton of threes, but he will if you just leave him wide the wide the heck open. And I'm hoping that's something that, you know, Andre Drummond has in his repertoire this season. Because, like you said, if you can put that that question mark in a defense's, you know, mind and just kind of get them to maybe – not cheat as just much for, you, you have to force the if you can if he's at the top of the key you know if he's above the break if you can force his defender to have to extend at least up to the free throw line away from the paint that gets the, the guy guarding the right. center the big away from the rim which lets guys like zach like io like javante green williams all of these guys who can cut and attack the rim it gives them space to do so and demar Derozan in that mid-range too because it forces people to um, again, just extend a little bit more. So when you do get that rotation, maybe you get a little bit of more of a mid-range, open mid-range shot. So um, so I do like seeing that. But the guy that really impressed me this preseason, Trey, was Ayadisumu. And I did go ahead. Uh, I know that, you know, I, I mentioned that we have a wagering division at Sportitos. I went ahead and put a little wager there on Ayadisumu, just a little like 0.2 unit type thing uh, on Ayadisumu to win most improved player of the year. Because, man... Uh, it's at plus uh, 10,000, by the way. So just drastic odds. If I do hit that, it's, it's crazy. But, uh, but man, he has looked really solid this preseason. I had some question marks. I know, you know, we talked about in some previous episodes, Trey, about whether or not he could be the starting point guard on a successful team. And I think from what I've seen, you know, in this preseason of just um, he's improved his ability to take a jumper, uh, a three-point jumper off of, you know, a screen or just to take it in, you know, off the dribble. So he improved his, his, uh, his ability to do that. He improved, I thought his, um, just ball security, you know, there's less stupid decisions. There was a lot of smart decisions. I thought, um, you know, not too many turnovers, not too many, just head scratching moments. So, um, I I'm actually coming around. I think he's going to be a very serviceable starting point guard for us this season. I'm, I'm high on him. I have been for, a, a good portion since he's come into the league. And I think what you're seeing is just him developing. He he's he wants to learn. He's You can just see Caruso and Lonzo and just that sort of thing. You see how that just kind of um, – oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, how he just – he learns it through osmosis almost. Mm-hmm. Like when they're out when, – when he's out there with Caruso or – and again, last year, him and Lonzo – 
when he's out there with someone else in the backcourt who can attack, I, I think he's just going to continue to thrive because he, he learns so well. And as much as you praised him on the offensive end, what highlights I saw of him, I really liked him on the defensive end with Caruso. I, my biggest worry with Lonzo Ball being out, I love that he shoots threes, but it's it's his size at the point guard position on defense. And I know Io isn't as tall as him, but he has those long arms. And if he can be if he can play as big and as quick on defense as he has been, I think that bodes really, really well for the Bulls moving forward on the defensive end, even more than the offensive end. And he's gonna he's gonna have to step up. You know, we were gonna talk about this a little later, but we might as well talk about it now. He's gonna have to step up. Obviously, everyone knows Lonzo Ball is gonna be out uh, most likely a couple months here, uh, and that's just when they're gonna start reevaluating him. So it might be it'll probably be beyond that. So um, you know, we don't know when he's gonna play again. So I would assume he's gonna have to play a lot here. Probably gonna be looking at like a 20 30 minute role at least. And uh, we got some news here, Trey, that you know it was Levar Ball. Uh, talking and he was saying that um, there was some nerve damage, I guess, for Lonzo Ball in his knee, and that was the reason that he had to have this the second surgery on it. And now this is this is basically cleared it up. So how much stock are you putting into that? Um, you know, is that something? Do you does that give you more confidence or less confidence in Lonzo Ball's knee? Let me let me put it that way. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Can I ask you on a scale of one to ten, how much do you trust this information from LeVar Ball? <laughs> uh, oh man, uh, I would have to probably put it at like a five. Like you know, it's kind of like, like you know, take it or leave it. It's like I don't know. <laughs> Lonzo was running. He was he he had issues ramping up running, but so this the idea that LeVar is saying he couldn't bend his knee, I can't imagine that the Bulls and Lonzo were saying, oh my knee won't bend. I'm going to run on it. So to me, it, it just sounds a little, it sounds like LeVar Ball being LeVar Ball and just talking out of both sides of his mouth. I think the nerve damage part was probably a little bit, I think that's the part I'm thinking is probably correct. I think they probably did find something with nerve, like he has had issues with the knee. Nerve damage sounds reasonable. What doesn't sound reasonable to me is that Lonzo was out there running, ramping up on a knee that wouldn't bend. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you can't, you literally have to bend your knee at, at least to some degree to be able to run. Uh, if not, I would love to get the highlights of like Lonzo in like one of those like, straight leg casts. Yeah, it looked like uh, 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 Forrest Gump, like the kid in Forrest Gump has his like, leg braces come off or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I believe that entirely. Um, but yeah, the nerve damage part, though, Trey, I think you, you have a good point there. I think that's the one part we can point at and say that's new information. Um, and it is it does it is a little bit reasonable here. I mean, we really don't know. There's been a lot of cloud around, you know, what exactly has been wrong with Lonzo's knee, you know, a debridement. It could mean a lot of different things. So uh, the nerve damage thing, that's new information. Um, I don't know what to make of it just yet. I know we just got that information today, so I haven't really had time to process it too much. But I, I would say 
for me, it probably makes me less concerned about the mean, which is good. I guess what's so good news, I think, because now we have an answer, right? And maybe they knew the answer the whole time, but they were keeping it from us for, for whatever reason. And now that that information's out there, uh, you know, maybe now it actually is like we can get past it. Like this is like, we know it's wrong, we fixed it. And, you know, hopefully this kid's gonna be okay. Right, that's the that's what we were hoping with the second surgery. And, you know, hopefully what Lavar's saying is true. And like you said, we're on the, we're on the upswing with yeah. Lonzo. But even if we aren't, I, I think Io showed he is, He's going to be a starting caliber player and a starting caliber NBA player in the league for a while. So sticking with the point guard position, another thing that stuck out to me uh, this preseason, Trey, is um, Gordon Dragic. Not in a good way. Uh, and he only played, it looks like, three games this preseason. Um, so, you know, didn't get a whole lot of Gordon Dragic, but just, you know, looked looked kind of just a step slow. I mean, you know, the same thing we've seen the last couple seasons from Goran. He's just getting up there in age, and he even said himself um, this offseason that, you know, he's he's basically in the twilight of his career, and, you know, this is the end. And, it, you know, it's not surprising to anybody. It's just, I just, I'm, I don't think, you know, I think people had hopes when he was signed that he might be like a starting level guy that could fill in for Lonzo or something like that. I know you and I both agree that that's just not going to happen. That's just not what his role is. He's probably going to play, you know, 20 minutes here, zero minutes there, you know, 23 minutes there. Um, so it's going to be in in and out of the lineup for this guy. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully he has enough left in the tank that he can put up some decent, you know, games and, and just kind of get us through this regular season. That's kind of the expectation, right? Yeah. Someone, a secondary guy on offense against backup against bench units when Zach or Demar is on the bench, you know, maybe I was on somebody who, when there's, when there's 14 seconds left, they can run, they can get into a quick play. They can, he's a backup point guard. That's what he is at this age. It's, I didn't watch him in preseason, so I, I can't comment on that, but if he's, if he's playing meaningful minutes, that's, that's a sign of worry. Well, I missed um, the first game because I watched their first game and he had a um, just a horrible game. Like I was I was actually watching him just to, you know, kind of curious as how as to how he looked. Um, I guess the second game, which I missed, um, I, I think it was my uncle told me, oh, he had a pretty solid game. So, you know, maybe it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, when you're older, sometimes you're. Your, your muscles ache a little bit more one day than they do the next or, or whatever. So. Isn't that a country, like an old Toby <laughs> Keith song? Uh, Maybe. God, what was it? I'll remember it later. <laughs> and that does sound like something. But, yeah, I mean, you know, some days ain't so good or some days are, are better than others or, or something like that. But, yeah, it's – um. Uh, so, you know, maybe I just caught him on a bad day, but uh, he did concern me a little bit there. Um, Kobe White actually played decently, uh, 9.3 min- points per game on 20 minutes per game in the preseason. I'm trying to see here. His field goal percentage was, yeah, about 42%. So, Kobe doing Kobe things, not really a whole lot there. Um, you know, speaking of the point guard position, Patrick Williams, though, we got to talk about Patrick because you said you watched him. Let me let me throw it to you because you're the one that actually watched Actually, him. give, give me just a second. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to combine the two. Go ahead. Maybe maybe even sprinkle in a little of a third topic we were going to bring up. Yeah. Kobe's playing good, right? Yeah. There's a guy in Phoenix who's wanting out by the yeah. name of Jay Crowder. Yeah. And the Bulls have this Portland pick where it's top 14 protected. So basically, if they are if they make the playoffs, not even the play-in, but if they make the playoffs, the Bulls get the pick. If they don't, the Blazers get the pick. Right. Would you consider moving that pick 
given the fact that it looks like the Blazers might not be a top eight team in the West with Kobe White to bring in Jay Crowder? I think my initial, my answer just off the top of my head is yes. I mean, they, if it's, it just fits a need that we desperately ha- have, which is, you know, a three and D type of three, four kind of hybrid. I mean, we've got a lot of three, four kind of hybrids in our team. So it's not exactly the kind of guy I'd like. I'd like a bigger body than, than Jay Crowder, but his defense, I think makes up for it. I would, I would be okay with bringing Jay Crowder in on that kind of deal. Um, but yeah, you, you brought up the, the Portland pick and yeah, we discussed this a little bit, you know, before we got on here, but, uh, that, that Portland pick, I mean, it's probably not going to convey, right? I mean, you've got at least eight teams, you, you rattle off at least eight teams that are going to be better, uh, you know, than the Portland trailblazers. And I can't disagree with any of those. So if that is the case, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say, I, I and I hate to count out Dame Lillard in the playing right. situation. He, he he is someone who can definitely win you a game. But to me, I just, and maybe it's PTSD. I don't know if you remember, Keith, but the Bulls a long time ago, they had this Kings pick, yeah. and it was going to convey, and the Bulls just would not trade it, and it was protected for years and years. And I, I was, I agreed with it at first because they had DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins, of course, they were going to make the playoffs at least once. And they never did. And the Bulls never got this pick and they never moved this asset that they had that could have maybe, you know, maybe made a difference. And I just I would hate I would hate to see 2028 roll around and the Bulls get a second round pick whenever maybe we could have packaged it now or even next year. But I wanted to bring that up because this preseason. They had Patrick Williams come off the bench and start. And while I'm still a fan of him starting, developing in that role, finding his way to be effective that way, a lot of people seem to have enjoyed how much he was able to take control with the second units, kind of embrace that college role of being the sixth man coming in and just lighting up the bench yeah. players. And he's, he uh, and Patrick mentioned himself, when DeMar and Zach are in there, it's harder for him to be confident in being the initiator. So if you're on that side of the fence, I think bringing in Jay Crowder as the starter, bringing Patrick Williams off the bench, I think that's something that really should be considered. Everywhere Jay Crowder's been, you hear the teams talk about how great of a locker room presence he is, how he's a leader. Memphis loved him. And I I think I'd pull the trigger. Let me let me let me let me say this. Let me state this. Uh, Javante Green played Patrick Williams off before this this preseason, and I have no qualms saying that. I think, but the other part of me is that the other part of the statement I want to say is that, you know, Javante Green is probably a better player right now in that starting lineup than Patrick Williams is. But I don't want to start Javante Green. So so that's why I think that your idea for trading, you know, for a Jay Crowder type, I, I'm really into it for that for that reason because i think jay crowder is starter caliber um you know he's not the best starter but he is starter caliber i think the way i will phrase this because you're right we we are we're not giving javante green nearly enough love in this for me i'm thinking if this team is really a pseudo title contender and when you hear the best players in the league talk about zach levine with they talk about him like he is a one of you know the 10, 15 best players in the world. The yeah. best players in the world think of Zach that way. So to me, I'm thinking, okay, we've got three years to build this championship team around Zach. I love Javante Green, but 
he's too small to be starting at power forward in the playoffs. Would he be better than Jay Crowder at the three? Yeah, I think so. But I don't think he would be better at the four. And realistically, that's what we're looking for is a starting four, not a starting three. Um, But it's just something that popped into my head because you're right. Kobe has played well, but I still think I don't think they're going to get an extension done. There's only like 24 hours left. And no matter how well he plays with the extension coming for Io, we've got Caruso. We're not bailing on Lonzo. Unless you think maybe we're going to bail on Lonzo, trade him for Gordon Hayward, like I brought up before. I just can't see Kobe fitting in, and I'd like to package him with this Portland pick and maybe find a Jake or something else like that. But that that's kind of how I'm operating in my head. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you move on from Lonzo Ball right now. You don't you don't sell an asset when it's like depressed like that. I mean, but you never know. Sometimes things have definitely surprised me in the past where it's like a team comes around and if they offer you something like, you know, Gordon Hayward or whatever. uh, Well, again, my, my idea is LaMelo gets shitty. Yeah. And, and Jordan's like, okay, well, well, he panics and he offers us Hayward and, you know, a first and a a first swap. Maybe like if we get Hayward and maybe two firsts out of Lonzo, I I think it's hard to not have that discussion. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just given the uncertainty about what, you know, with his knee and everything, I, I agree with you. So, you know, maybe the right deal does come along, but, you know, I think it's 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 going to be difficult to to find trade partners for that unless it's a, a special scenario like what you put there, um, which, you know, maybe it does happen. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but, you know, going back, I, I think I want to talk about Patrick Williams coming off the bench because I know my brother came on the pod and he was saying. Well, that's uh, what I, yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you. Um, what, he, what, he does the brother, what does brother Brian think about this? Brother Brandon, yeah, brother Brandon. Brandon no, he's. Damn it. What does brother uh, Brandon? Okay. Think about this? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he he was obviously uh, as brother Brandon does, giving me uh, shit about it, and uh, it was just telling me, you know, hey, I called it and all that. Um, I, I guess I have to eat my words because maybe he's right. I don't know if I st- I still don't like Patrick Williams. What my brother was saying that I disagreed with was that I don't like Patrick Williams in a featured score role. Um, I think that's still true. What I like that Billy Donovan said after that past game, uh, the, the last preseason game where he had a, a really decent game, was that you know um, that Patrick Williams needs to watch Devontae Green and what he does in the starting lineup next to guys like Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. You know the ways that he moves off the basketball, the way that he attacks the rim on the offensive you know glass, like those are you know the ways that you create opportunities for yourself without necessarily needing the basketball in your hands. Those are the things and the areas of opportunity for Patrick Williams to get better and what he needs to do for that starting lineup. Now, I, Mark Kay had a thread that shouted out a lot of this. I, I saw it whenever I watched it. You said you watched the last game. Patrick Williams seemed to do a lot better screening, moving off ball in that, in that game where he started, but it, he did seem to do a more effective job of finding the, finding his offense in the flow of the offense. And uh, that's the question I was going to pose to you earlier. I said, I want Patrick Williams to start because I want him to get those starter reps. Right. I, I don't, but again, I don't, I don't know him. I, I, I can't talk to him. Maybe if, maybe he does prefer coming off the bench. He did it in college. If he prefers that, if he's happy with that, right. I wouldn't object to it, but I don't want it. It's not something that I would like to see. What about you, Keith? It, so even even if it hurts the Bulls this year, I would rather Patrick Williams get that development than come off the bench, unless that's something he wants to do. Yeah, I mean, you and where I do you, where do you? Where, I was gonna say, do you would you rather him start to the detriment of the Bulls this year if it helps him develop? Well, you and I are on the same page that you know we think, like you said, pseudo contender. Like we don't actually believe in our heart of hearts that this is a 
championship, t- you know, contending team. Uh, I know, you know, it's the Chicago Bulls show, and as Bulls fans, we're supposed to be homers and, and all that. But, um, but I think realistically, you know, we're, we're looking at some people would call us homers for saying they're pseudo contenders. Five thirty-eight said they were going to be the eleventh best team. Yeah, in the I think they have them marked up for like thirty-seven wins or thirty-six wins or something like that, which is just insanity in my opinion. Uh, I think they'll get a few more than that. But, but no, I, I mean, you know, realistically, I think we're looking at a play-in team. Uh, you know, if we're lucky and have good health and all that, you know, which we already don't because you don't have lots of ball, but, you know, good health with everybody else. Maybe it's a seventh or an eighth seed. Um, you know, that's like the the ceiling at this point. So, you know, I, I it, it, given all that, given that context, I would rather have Patrick Williams starting for sure and just see what we have here. You know, whether it's an absolute disaster or it turns out great and he, you know, these reps actually, he starts to improve and he shows some flashes at the end of the season. Either scenario is fine because at least then you know how this asset is, like what, what you have, right? And then you can move from there with that knowledge. Now, the downside to that is if you do that and the rest of the league sees that, then he has no trade value. And now if you trade him now, he still has some trade value. There are still plenty of people out there that believe in Patrick Williams, us included. We we, we believe in him too. Um, and, and, of course, I, I still err on the side of, you know, I think this is going to be a, a special player um, with his athleticism and everything like that. I think he's going to be a legit NBA starter. I don't think he's going to be like an all-star, but I think he'll be a legit NBA starter. I do too. And part of me almost wonders if he do, if he really does embrace that coming off the bench but still finishing games. I wouldn't hate the idea of him being like James Harden early in his career, Manu coming off the bench and still finishing. I wouldn't hate that idea, especially because Javante and so many other people – get so much out of starting. If you have a player who doesn't need to start but can still play 30, 32 minutes a game, I think that is that is something valuable to have. But I agreed with everything you said except one thing because I am the homer on this show. And I don't think I don't think play in is the ceiling for this team. I think this team can definitely get back to the sixth seed. Wow. Uh, it's a tough road, man, especially with the, you know, I'm not, I'm again, I'm saying that's the ceiling, right? If everything goes right. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear okay, you. I'll say fifth, even I'll, I'll <laughs> say the ceiling is five, I, but you've got, I'm going to say they're going to finish third, top three. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Let's just go for it. Just go balls to the wall. No, no, I, 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 I hear you. Like it, you, you've got the bucks, but the Cavs that someone might get hurt. It takes a year to gel a lot with teams. They're still really young. I, do think the I think Cavs the Bulls can be better than the Cavs. Yeah, I do think right. the Bulls I, I think they can be better than the Cavs. I think they can be better than the Nets. I think they can be better than the Hawks, who, again, are adding a piece, and we'll see how that comes. So you've got the 76ers, I think, are better than them for sure. Are we sure the Heat are better? Missing P.J. Tucker? Probably with what they're able to put together. So there's two. Celtics and Bucks, that's four. Who else are we 100% sure is going to finish better than the Bulls this year? The Raptors? They have a great defense, but where's their offense coming from? Yeah, I mean, no, you're right. I mean, there are question marks about all these teams. I definitely, I, I am of the mindset that the Cavs are probably a better team, even though they have new pieces. Um, I'm also of the mindset that the Well, probably, Bucks, but I'm saying best case scenario, right. man. Like, yeah. we have, I have four teams that best case scenario, I can't see the Bulls being better than. Other than that, I can make the case. It ain't a good. It might not be a good one, but I can make it. And this was a team that was first, you know, before the All Star break last season. So you know, let's not try to sell them too short. Um, let's talk about one other guy though. Uh, 
Vucevic, I mean, you know, this guy had a fantastic preseason, I thought. He looked really comfortable out there, looked confident, shot the ball particularly well uh, for for him. Let me see. He shot, yeah, <laughs> this is ridiculous. He shot 67.6% from the field and 50% from three. That's not going to stick. I mean, that's, that's obviously a four-game sample size, um, but that's ridiculously good, obviously. Uh, but, you know, Point being that this guy looks like he's getting to his spots and he's getting to the flow of his offense, even with Zach Levine, even with DeMar DeRozan on the floor at the same time as him. Um, he's starting to fit a lot better with these pieces. And, man, I'm on the Vooch bandwagon this season. I think he's going to have a stellar year. He had a really down season last season, Trey. I know we've talked about it ad nauseum. If this guy played a little bit better, um, this team would have been better. But uh, I, I think he's going to have a, a, a just a, I mean, I don't think like he's not going to be an all star, but I think he's going to have a really, really good season. So, you know the meme with Bart Simpson, and it's like, save a line, Bart? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, the Bulls offseason, if I said that to you, what would you say the line was for the Bulls this offseason? The line? Hmm. I don't know. Continuity. 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 Right. That was Continuity. the word they, they used over and That's over right. and over again. That's right. And I think I think it shows. With Vooch especially, he's learned how to play with these guys, whether it was throughout the last season, all the time they spent playing together in the offseason. I think it's showing how much more comfortable Vooch is playing with these guys than they are with him. Because when you're the big man, so much relies on playing with others, having that um, synchronicity with them. And with the NBA, it's also split second. Like it's literally, you know, blinking your opportunity's gone. So when you're not in sync with your other guys, the big men, I think, suffer more than anyone. And I think Vooch is just thriving, again, with Caruso and Io. Aggressive, an aggressive defensive front that lets him recover a little bit. And then on offense, he's just found his groove. So to me, I think this is Vooch finding his potential and learning how to play with these guys. One thing I, I'm selfishly hoping for, though, is that if he has a great season, he doesn't have too great of a season because then the Bulls can just resign him for a uh, a team cap friendly, uh, you know, contract. But uh, but no, I will take a good season from Vooch if it means that the Bulls have a successful season. Obviously, I want to see him succeed because he he's been a real true. He's also one of the best uh, followers on Twitter. If you guys don't follow him already, you guys should go follow Vooch on Twitter. He's hilarious. He, he had threw a pass to uh, I think Patrick Williams or something full court. And he was comparing himself to Patrick Mahomes, so that was pretty funny. But, um, but no, he's just a good guy. Seems to be have a great attitude. Seems to be a great teammate, um, an easy guy to cheer for. So, you know, I, I'm definitely aboard that boot train. I think, you know, again, he's gonna have a great season. I want to see him have a great season. Um, this is a contract year for him, so he's got incentive. You know, I know that's a lot of people say that's a myth or whatever, but people do. Uh, I mean, money's on the line. Your livelihood's on the line. You know, generational wealth is on the line. So, um, I do think that's a motivating factor. Uh, I, I don't know about that with Vooch. I just I feel like he's always going to play hard. He's there are there are some guys where I think you're right, especially ones that are looking to prove. I think Vooch more than anything. I wants I think he wants to play good because he's getting older and he sees all these other young guys coming up and he's like, I'm not done yet. I I'm not quite ready to leave. But so one more oh, guy. You know, I was going to say one of the guy we we want to touch on here uh, before we end this episode and we have to is our new guy, Mr. Dylan Terry. Uh, absolutely love this kid, man. I well, the first preseason game, the Bulls were absolutely horrible in that first half. 
Uh, and then the second half, basically, you know, you know how preseason is, you know, they sit everybody and then let the, the scrubs come in. So he's playing against, you know, second or third stringers on the other team also. But, uh, man, this kid brings the energy every single time he steps on the floor. He does. He's got one mode uh, and it's go and, it, and it's like just aggression. And I just I love watching it, man. This is like like if they're like if Patrick Williams and, and was a vibe and Dalen Terry was a vibe. Yeah, it's like yin yang, right? They're like they're total opposites. And uh, man, he's got some—he's got some dog in him, as people like to say. So, um, give me your thoughts on Dale and Terry, real quick. He does, and you'd always rather them have too much and rein it in than them right. not have enough, and you have to push them. Which that's—that's that's what everyone's worried about with Patrick Williams, and right. it's why I think people were so excited to see him kind of come off the bench and thrive. But Dale and Terry will thrive no matter where he's, whether he starts, whether he's coming off the bench. Whether you ask him to run to the back and fill up the water cooler, he's going to give you 110%. And that's going that means he's going to be able to make it in this league with the talent he has. What I'm curious to see is when the pressure ramps up, when the team, you know, when it's starters, when it's the regular season, and everything is so much more like um, in tune with the other teams. Is it can he still execute? Or is he simply going to be an energy guy off the bench that when when he's in the game playing significant minutes, you're groaning because that's not exactly the guy you want in there, even though you love him coming off your bench. I, I don't want that for him, I, I, but I think that's his floor. But I am excited to see how he fares when the competition gets even higher. So he seems like – I agree with you. He does seem like a guy that um, thrives in chaos, right? He just like – it brings it uh, just a step or a level above everybody else on the floor. So like – if you're playing a pickup game, like this is the guy that's just like he's like this guy's going 100. Everyone else is going like 85, 90. And so he's going to look great out there no matter what. Um, but, you know, the thing that really encourages me about Dale and Terry, and I've said it, you know, since early when we first basically drafted the kid was, you know, I love the way I love his core vision. I love his floor vision. I love the way that he handles the rock. I think he has some upside to be, you know, maybe not a starting point guard, but like a, a wing that can play a point forward, basically. Right. Um, and I think he's got that size. He's also got that ability to see the floor that he can he can play that position. 2.8 assists per game in the in the uh, you know, preseason, which is like nothing huge, but it's also nothing to sneeze at. He only played 16 minutes per game, so um, that's a pretty good rate of, of assisting. And he only had one turnover per game, so you know 2.8 to one. That's the assist to, to turnover ratio there. That's pretty decent. Um, and he wasn't he wasn't tasked with running point guard a lot this preseason, but he did do it at points, and I loved what I saw out of it. And I still am holding to my prediction here, Trey, my my hot take that he's going to be running some backup point guard by the end of the season. That that now what worries me about that is does that mean Lonzo just doesn't make it back? Because Lonzo is not here. <laughs> right, like, I would agree with you 100% if Lonzo doesn't come back. Like, if Io's the starting point guard and and you need a backup, like, Car- Caruso's not a point guard. I know the, the Lakers listed him at point guard and well, played and him. I still, but I still feel like Io's better served as a shooting guard. I still feel like Io would be a better shooting guard than a point guard. I like what he brought to the point guard in the preseason, but I still feel like his ideal – um, situations, ideal uh, position will be like a shooting guard, small forward. Gotcha. So, so ideally for you, it would be Lonzo starting and then Dale and Terry and Io coming in off the bench, but Dale and right. Terry being the point guard and Io like being the shooting forward. guard. Yeah. Right. But okay. So, okay. That I can see that. I, 
I think they really like Io running the point. I think that's something they're going. Really, I guess it depends on how he does this season. If because he, he's he's got the starting job. If he continues to run with it like he's run with everything else, I just find it hard that they're going to take the ball out of his hands, considering the leaps he continues to take with it. But maybe Dale and Terry takes those same leaps with the ball. I think I, yeah, I think Io can definitely be a walking bucket. Um, I think he's got those tools. He's working on those tools from what I saw in preseason. Um, the court vision. Still, I mean, I think he's serviceable. I think he's he's his ball security is going to make him a serviceable point guard, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to make. Um, he's like he's not okay. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is he's not going to be the guy that's going to like start your transition offense like Dylan Terry is going to do. Like Dylan Terry is going to make those Lonzo Ball or those Vucevic passes, you know, to the half court or, or full court to get people you know out and running and scoring easy buckets. And Dylan Terry is also going to be the guy that you know he's going to make those passes in traffic. Uh, which we've seen in a few highlights on this, on this offseason where it's like, you know, how did he make that pass? How did he find that scene? Like, that's not a thing that Io assumed was going to do. Yeah, you don't see Io making a lot of, like, flashy passes, whereas the few highlights I saw of Dale and Terry, you, you can definitely see where uh, – What's the badge on 2K where it's – I think it's whatever the flashy pass badge is. You could see right. him getting the bronze version of it. Right. <laughs> so so that's my hot take. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's uh, that's basically uh, – that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not, like, willing to put money on it, but uh, but I, I, it's my hot take there. One, one other thing I wanted to um, touch base with you here, Andre, before we drop is signing Costas Antetokounmpo to a two-way deal. Is this a play for Giannis, or is this just us finding a guy that, I don't know, has some promise? He didn't look good in preseason. I'll tell you that much. It's hard to look at it as anything other than a play for Giannis. And, I mean, Middleton is getting older. Giannis has teased plenty of times about leaving Milwaukee. I don't hate the idea of it, especially if, I, I guess I don't hate it because he has mentioned the Bulls. It's I don't know who else you'd want them to get. I guess would be my question. I I'm not I don't care either way. Yeah, I mean it's a two way contract. Obviously, it's not like gonna shift anything. I think the Bulls were gonna give it to uh, oh my gosh, I'm spacing his name now. Justin, Justin Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, but Justin he's towards. Towards ACL. ACL. He so they cut him basically, but he's going to stick around the team and rehab basically. So um, he's I'm, I would assume he's getting some kind of compensation still uh, from the Chicago Bulls or, or something along those lines. Um, I'm trying to look for the name right now, but the other thing Trey is that the Bulls have uh, been linked also to another one of Giannis's teammates in in Greece. I can't I can't find the name right now, but oh here we go, Okoro White. Uh, this is according to Daniel Greenberg uh, on Twitter. You guys should follow me at, at Shy Sports Updates. But he plays. Uh, he's plays for uh, Greece. Uh, the I can't even say it's Panathinaikos Ball Club, uh, whatever whatever it is. But uh, something you know, basically some links to Giannis there too. What so, What you need to know about him is in in his second highlight, he blocks Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, Wembanyama. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's impressive. Um, but no, I, you know, I, again, this is another loose kind of link to Giannis. So. It definitely raises some eyebrows, and, you know, like you said, I don't – I mean, I don't know. I don't think this is really – it just seems too ridiculous. Like the, like signing his brother and someone that was maybe a teammate at one point doesn't seem like enough to, to really woo somebody, right? <laughs> it's one of those things we say sounds ridiculous, and then if it happens in, like, four it's years, like, people are going to look back <laughs> and be like, of course, when really, no, it still probably didn't matter. But right. <laughs> give it – 
given what the Bulls' reputation was when Giannis entered the league as an organization, what it was when Giannis entered the league with Paxton and, and everything going on there, and now with AK, maybe AK is like, well, look, I need I need someone on the inside so they can go back to Giannis and be like, no, this is what the Bulls, this is how the Bulls organization is run today, and relays that back to his brother and is like, this is how I was treated, this is their facility. Like, I can get the idea of having that seed to plant, but to me that that's all it is. It's just a seed. My hot take is he won't be on the the Bulls roster by the end of the season. Is that a hot take? Uh, I mean, he's not very good at basketball, so I don't think it's too hot. But yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, sure. Hot take, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll count. Well, you had one, so I feel like I need to have. One. It was a, it was a lukewarm take, yeah. No, here's, I, I, here's this: if Patrick Williams comes off the bench for half the season, I'd put money on him to be sixth man of the year. That is a hot take. I, that's that's scorching there, because uh, I've got Brogdon right now, so welcome Brogdon on the on Celtics. But uh, anyways. That's going to do it for us, guys. That's it. That's our hot takes. That's our our Bulls takes from the preseason. We are psyched here, though. The Bulls have actual basketball on Wednesday, uh, which is only, what, one, two, three days here from the recording of this podcast. So, um, you know, pretty soon here. Got something to really talk about and sink our teeth into. But until next time, guys, I am Keith Cork. Uh, I said earlier, but you can follow me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And Trey, where can the people find you? On Twitter at Final Finally. Please do follow the show, guys. At-